Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is September 26th, 2023. It is Tuesday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by the Goddess of Love Tarot. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is Each of us must confront our own fears must come face to face with them. How we handle our fears will determine where we go with the rest of our lives. To experience adventure or to be limited by the fear of it. By Judy Bloom. So what are we drinking this week? We are drinking Basic Witch Pumpkin Spice Tea. I love pumpkin spice I cannot tell you why it like just got me at the right moment in my life. And now I just absolutely love it. Like the, the companies that make novelty flavors for seasons, I am that audience. Their audience is me. Like I am the person who wants the for a week only vampire latte or unicorn whatever, or seasonal blubbity blub. It's for me. I love it. I want it all the time. <laughs> so Basic Witch is for the tea witch who also loves pumpkin spice. So in my opinion, it's great for the dark half of the year. It has a high level of caffeine because it has black tea. Remember, black tea is going to have high levels of caffeine along with green tea. And it is really a great magical tea as well. It is abundance personified. Every spice in there leans towards abundance. Money, magic, getting what you've worked for, things like that. You can also use it for spell work as well. Instead of having to buy herbal blends, uh, I mark on the website which teas have magical components. So you can use them. All right, moving into some headlines. I'm sorry, I read this and I was like, I need to know what this is. Headline, I bought a portrait for $25 and I think it's haunted and now I'm cursed. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm so excited. Let's see what happens. Oh, man. If this isn't a book one day. Zoe Elliott Brown believes that a portrait she bought from a UK charity shop is haunted, and she's convinced it was transfixed by her 80, no, her 68-year-old mother. The portrait of a young girl in a red dress staring into the distance captured Jane's attention from the start, after it was returned by its previous owner for ruining their life. But since buying it for $25, a series of strange things have happened to their family. 
I've never seen my mom want something so much, Joe, uh, Zoe described to Kennedy News and Media. She was fascinated by it, but not in like a positive way. <laughs> she was weirdly protective over it. She would continually stare at it. She was running her fingers over the portrait's cheekbones. She polished it, even though it didn't need polishing. Oh my gosh, there's a picture of Zoe with the portrait, and the look on Zoe's face is of, like, such concern. After they brought the draw, jaw, <laughs> okay, so they have a pun, it's draw-jopping, draw-dropping instead of jaw-dropping, after they brought the draw, dropping painting home and hung it in the living room jane's health took a turn for the worse zoe said her mom began feeling shaky and experiencing hot flashes i was overheating and not feeling quite right said zoe's mom i personally didn't feel like i wanted to put it down onto the picture she felt odd and uh, about it ever since it's been here the photo or the portrait Jane even collapsed in the bathroom, which prompted Zoe to call the ambulance. They ended up canceling it, and she stayed home, but that wasn't the end of the odd occurrences. One morning, Zoe woke up to her mom caressing the cheeks of the figure in the portrait, which she found strange. Then, Jane began tapping at the door in the middle of the night for three consecutive days. Two weeks later, Zoe and her partner, Ben, were walking about three miles from their home to watch a lightning storm when suddenly they saw a big black figure standing over them. Zoe called it the most ex terrifying experience of her life, blaming the painting. But on her way to the charity shop, she discovered that her brand new tires had deflated by a screw and yet another weird twist of events. In the end, she just couldn't bear to part with it and came back to the shop to see if anyone had bought it. I thought, knowing my luck, some idiot will go and get it and try to burn it, and I really don't want to be left with the reminder of whatever hell had been going on. Now the painting is back with the family, sitting in a box outside the house, resting next to some sage. The family's dog wouldn't go anywhere near it. Zoe is looking for someone to cleanse the portrait, perhaps a professional who can lift the curse. Wow. This, honestly, I think the biggest twist of events was the fact that she was getting rid of a cursed painting and then decided, never mind, I still want it. That's odd to me. I think that's weird. I think the excuse of, well, if someone buys it and burns it, the curse will stay with me. I don't think so. I don't know. I think it's strange that she wants to keep it. But that was a weird one, but I liked it. <laughs> All right, witches. I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent. And after the break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Tuesday, September 26th. The waxing gibbous moon moves from the lofty ideas of Aquarius to the dreamy eyes of Pisces today. Here, the moon conjuncts Saturn, opposes Venus, and trines Mars. 
the conjunction of the moon to Saturn can put us in a more serious mood. The opposition of Venus and Leo has us thinking about our piece of this puzzle of humanity. Are we contributing in a meaningful way? Have we made a mark, or will we leave this world with no impression of us when we're gone? These thoughts can be rather gloomy in nature. Thankfully, we have the trine to Mars to spur us into action. Mars is currently in Libra, making it much easier to take some positive steps if we have someone to do it with. Call up a friend, share your feelings about wanting to make a difference in this world, and between the two of you, you should be able to come up with something positive to do that will have an impact. Your daily moon mantra is, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. Your heart is calling and the keys to unlock its secrets are in your hands. Join witch and author Gabriella Hirschstick as she guides you through the mysteries of the divine erotic with the goddess of love tarot, her radiant new tarot deck and companion book. Whether you're a beginner with the tarot or a longtime enthusiast, this deck is for anyone who wants to empower themselves through a deeper relationship with the goddess of love. Pull a card and get ready to discover your own sacred source of power. Available wherever books are sold. Right, we are back. So Cassidy wrote on to our Facebook group. I have a question. What are your thoughts on whether people who have passed, spirits, souls, energy, or whatever, have the power to affect the living? Great question. I had an experience yesterday evening that was just too wild to be purely coincidental. I got a flat tire. Oh my gosh, are you the lady with the cursed portrait, Cassidy? (laughs) She says, I got a flat tire and because of the aluminum caps on the lug nuts were swollen, I had to enlist help. Two Domino's employees, one Taco Bell employee who was a mechanic, a homeless man who used to work on tires, and a tow truck driver all band together to get my spare on and get me on my way. The homeless man was the most determined, eventually having to chisel at the caps to get the lug wrench to fit. He reminded me so much of my dad, who passed on July 5th of this year. His insistence on helping, his refusal to quit, and his brilliance in solving the issue are all qualities my dad possessed as well. When he had finished, I shook his hand and asked his name. It was the same name as my dad's. Randy. I was floored. He also told me about some items he had stolen in the past, including his pretty purple towel. My dad's favorite color was purple. I typically don't believe in much, including signs, contact from spirits, etc., but that was just too much. I started tearing up because I could swear my dad sent him to remind me that he's got my back. I'd love your input, whether you agree, disagree, or have an entirely different opinion. I want so much to believe my dad is somehow still around, but I'm open to any and all ideas. Thanks for reading. 
Also, if you're concerned about the homeless man, as I'm sure you all will be, I gave him uh, as much cash as I could, and we talked about what kind of help he's getting or needs from local agencies. I'm going to do my best to follow up and try to get the man housed. I'm not super hopeful, but I owe him the same uh, I owe him the same determination he displayed when I was in need. If you have ideas, please feel please feel free to share as well. So it's so funny, Cassidy, because I am very ghosty. I'm very spirity, but I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'm not, I'm not much one for signs. I'm just really, really not. It really needs to bang me over the head multiple times for me to get it, you know? So I kind of feel how you feel, but what you shared here I mean, you were in a situation where you had a flat tire, which, let's be honest, can lead to very dangerous circumstances. And in that moment, all of these people came together and had this, like you said, determination. These people came together who, and let's be honest, we we all know that So we, we sometimes think people will step up for us kindness of strangers, but very often people don't. Even the people kind of paid to do so in our society don't, you know? Um, so the fact that you were in a situation that could have been dangerous, all of these people, the, you know, this kind of ragtag team came together to help you. And this man who had the same name as your father, who even said such an offhanded comment that made you think again of your father because mentioning a purple towel is so off kilter to the situation. It felt like it was almost as if he was possessed for lack of a better word, pun not intended. It's almost as if he was possessed to say it, you know? Um, almost like you needed just a little more validation because maybe maybe you wouldn't have realized it otherwise. So Cassie, I'm gonna say, yeah. And again, I'm I'm typically not one for science either. I'm typically not one to, you know, think that just because a song comes on the radio, someone's communicating with us. I'm I typically mm, I typically need more than that. And from everything you're saying. You got so many little nods, so many little instances. So, yeah, I'm not, I I wouldn't be shocked if your dad had some hand in making sure that just the right people were around, including Randy, and that maybe he had put the messages in this guy's head to be where he was at that moment to help you. I would like to believe that as well. So let's see what some other people say. Elise says, I wholeheartedly believe that it was your dad sending a postcard to tell you he is still there. I also feel like it could be both ways. Maybe he was sending you help and he was sending you to help the homeless man. I, I'm generally a skeptic unless I'm literally knocked over the head by the coincidence. There we go. But I do believe that our loved ones are around us and watching us. Every once in a while, I think they send small signs. I'm sorry about your tire, but I am happy you were able to have this experience. Also, trust your gut. 
What do you believe? Lilith says, if they couldn't affect things, we wouldn't spend all this time talking to them and asking for their help. The effect is just as real as the effect of a living person pushing or manipulating energy. If you believe in one, it's only rational to believe in the other. I agree. Kat says, I'm fully on board. <laughs> Our loved ones can and do check on us. What a powerful experience. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Cassidy, I really, really encourage you to write this experience down while it's still fresh in your mind. I know this happened about a month ago. Um, but I feel like in like five years, you'll want to tell this story, but you won't remember all the details. So write it down. I have so many stories like this that I just don't quite remember. And I hate that I didn't write them down when it was fresh. So I encourage you to write this down. Every feeling, thought, experience that you had. So you can revisit it, uh, revisit it again later. All right. Tammy writes, I'm going to apologize in advance for a lengthy post, but I'm going to call this a witch win. Which, she said, well, really, it's a learned lesson. Still, learning a lesson is hard, and I take that as a win. So, Tammy, it is a witch win. I see a lot of people post about how their spells aren't working. And I realized something today that we may do to a spell, and it may be a spell we've casted months or even years ago that doesn't seem to be working or doesn't seem as if it has worked. And we keep doing the same spell over and over, and then suddenly we realize it has worked. But the problem is we were so blind to the fact that it didn't work right then and there that we didn't see the gifts we were given and that the spell worked or give thanks to the gods, goddesses, deities, whoever we asked help for. I agree. I think sometimes when we do a spell and we don't get like instant results, we kind of forget about the spell. And then maybe weeks, months, or years later, we get the thing and we kind of forget that we had teamed up with other entities to get the spell done. Tammy says, for example, let's say it's finances and we've been asking for money and it came to fruition. We got some money. We paid off the bills and we turned around and started doing the same things over and over again, getting ourselves back into debt. We don't even realize half the time that the first spell we asked for came to fruition because we're in a cycle of finances or hard times. She then wraps it up and says, patience is a virtue. I guess this is called wisdom or growing older. I don't know at this point. I feel like I'm rambling, but I guess I call that a witch win. Opening up my eyes and my mind to seeing all the things that come when it's due. And we just have to look more closely and follow the signs and be patient. I agree. I agree. I agree. Everyone else says they agree as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how we, like, break out of that cycle. I guess my thought would be maybe uh, you can have, like, a spell diary. And then maybe, like, once a month you go through the diary and look at these old spells that maybe you think haven't come into fruition yet. And then maybe they have. That could be a fun way to try to keep track of it. All right. We have another one from listener Kat. Kat says dreams talking about uh our dream week that we did last month how many witches on here are lucid dreamers i am and have been since my teen years this was both out of necessity as i would have horrible nightmares from a young age 
The first time I can remember actually taking charge in a dream, I was six or seven. But to be consistent, I had to teach myself as a teen. I'm in my 50s now. I don't do this much. But as Tanya mentioned, it is fun as you can lead the dream in a direction you prefer. So I'm going to read everyone's answers, but then I'm going to tell you about one I had recently. Ashley said, I might be. Whenever I have nightmares, I give myself magic powers to fight off whatever is attacking me. So I think that counts. Ashley, that does count. Ashley, that is the exact definition of lucid dreaming. You realize you're dreaming, which you must if you're giving yourself powers in the dream. You realize you're dreaming and you change the dream to assist you in the dream. You got it. Nat says, I do. I've started doing it the past couple of years, and I've been having precog- uh, precognitive dreams this year. For example, dreaming of a sense of urgency about my nephew, and then he ends up having to go to the ER. Another time, I dreamed of a street about half a mile away. My attention was glued to it, and I just kept asking someone in my dream what was happening, and the next morning, there was an accident there. Yeah, this is why uh, a lot of people want to try lucid dreaming because it just kind of gives you a little bit more control over your mind. We'll talk later this week about meditation and, and why it's helpful. And like this is another example of that. Again, it's having control over your own mind and state. Heidi says, I lucid dream pretty frequently since about post high school age, mundane things and some fantasy things. I frequently had the problem in my late teens and early 20s of believing entire events that unfolded in my dreams. Already happened and were real when I woke up. I would take a couple hours to catch on. I also realized when I listened to the podcast that a majority of mine occur after I've woken up. I did something chill like read or color and then went back to sleep just like Tanya was talking about. This is my normal sleep pattern. My more trippy, lucid dreams occur when I'm in this sleeping pattern. I've done it several times accidentally in my teens and early 20s, but not recently. April says, I really resonated with what Tanya was saying about lucid dreams and how it can lead to astral projection. I have had two really profound dreams where they were lucid and ultimately felt more like astral projection. Callisto said, listening to Tanya's description of lucid dreaming, I think my husband has for most of his adult life, as he has, hasn't has been on sedating medication or had a drink before bed, as a kid he struggled with night terrors, and then as a young adult he had persistent nightmares. But then in our 15 years together, he consistently dreamed of solutions to complex problems from work and solutions to large equations he couldn't solve while at work. Oh, I love that. Sage says, I love the topic of lucid dreaming. I picked up some cool knowledge. <laughs> Kim, I want to be able to. I used to be able to make myself fly in dreams. Oh, yes. So uh, last week, I actually had one. Well, I wouldn't call this lucid dreaming. It felt a little bit more like an out-of-body experience. And that's kind of so more like astral projection. So sometimes... When I'm drifting off to sleep, right when I'm in that in-between state where you're asleep but not quite asleep, that's typically when it happens. And um, the thing about astral projection is that you're not in your physical body, and I think moving is really, really hard. So my problem is I always try to move as if I'm in my physical body. So basically, I was standing outside of a shotgun house. So here in New Orleans, we have a lot of shotgun houses. And 
I was standing in front of one house, but I saw the house next door and I knew I didn't know this home or the people in it. And the door was open and I felt myself kind of floating in to the house. And I saw everything about the house. Well, I mean, in the, by like going through, you know, through the front door. So I can tell you what it looked like. I can tell you that they had kids. Um, but then I like tried to step onto the floor and it felt like I slipped and I woke up. So that's always what happens to me. I can successfully do it for like 30 seconds. And then I always kind of slip or fall or uh, stumble. And then it wakes me up, which is really interesting. But yeah, it was really fascinating. Like I was clearly standing in front of somebody's house. And then like their neighbor opened their door and I like floated inside and I saw what their dining room looked like, their kitchen. Um, it was interesting. But yeah, that was a recent one. And those are ones that like I feel like I have no control over because it's just something that happens, you know. But it's interesting. Oh, I love these talks we have, friends. All right, witches. I am right. I am wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Shannon Howell Barnes. Shannon, you transcendent spiffy spider queen. Stephanie Young, you glowing fancy sun goddess. Lisa McGinnis, you sparkling insidious Valkyrie queen, and Lauren Wilson, you scrumptious kind fire dragon. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really appreciate it. And before we leave, we do have a card poll. Our card today is FOMO from Dark Magic Oracle. FOMO cautions you that constantly being on your phone or living within the confines of video games means you're missing out on the world. You're blocking yourself from what the universe is trying to give you. There is positive, su there is a positive surprise waiting in the wings of your life. Make space to let it come through. All right, witches, that is all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we reference can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. And we will talk again tomorrow. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. <laughs>